Well, good evening. It's another episode of Home Theater United. I'm Sam Poston, and tonight I have a whole crew of home theater aficionados, big and small, and uh, we're going to do something unique tonight called the Home Theater United Budget Challenge Number 1. And uh, this was uh, pretty much the brainchild of one of our guests, Todd Rice. You want to say hey? Hello, everybody. Todd had suggested to me that we, you know, take a couple tiers of dollar amounts and see what individual folks at home theater would spend on. And so this is gear entirely. It's not necessarily room treatments and furniture and stuff like that, but just the basics, the sound system, the video, and at least one source and going from there. And Todd had suggested, suggested maybe, you know, a 1K and a 5K limit. And we've come up with a format we're going to do 1K, 5K, and unlimited. Uh, how, how's that track with your recollection of it, Todd? Yeah, yeah that's pretty close. I don't, I, don't, I don't know that I would have started at 1K because that's such a challenge. But uh, It is. Um, I love it. Uh, yeah, so, <laughs> so I'm, I'm good with it, though. Okay, cool. And uh, so in addition to Todd Rice, we have another Rice, John Rice. You want to say hey? Good evening, everyone. Welcome or back, whatever John. whatever time it is. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's evening here on the East Coast. I'm not yep. sure where everybody's out. In addition, addition, eh, in addition to John Rice, we have another John, John Phillips, who goes by John Dirk on the forum. John, you want to say hi? Hello, everyone. Good evening. Welcome back. Welcome back. We know that uh, you and other John joined us for talking about some of our amps and some of the higher-end audio gear. We're interested to see and hear about what you'd think would go into a a, a well-equipped 1K, 5K, and unlimited system, John. So welcome back. Thank you. And in addition to uh, our first Todd, we have another Todd with us, Todd Irwin, who I think is in the running for the, the most guest appearances on HTU. I want to say hi, Todd, number two. Hey, how you doing? Welcome back, Todd. We appreciate it. You got some new audio gear of your own to help with the podcasting? No, no. Oh, just Same new software. I've had the last couple of times I've been on. Just new software that we were having fun with before the show. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, they updated the uh, Road Connect software. Right, right, right. So for those keeping score, that's two Todds, two Johns, two Rices, and a Sam. So we're going to try to go with full names when we get get this kicked off tonight. And uh, I don't have a lot to say before before we do that other than, uh, if you can't tell, I've had uh, a little bit of uh, post-nasal drip here, fun and other stuff like that. I don't think it's COVID. I hope it's not COVID. Um, But... uh, Sorry for the the creaky voice, but this has just been it's such a fun show in the planning. We didn't want to put it off. So apologize up front to folks on that. Why is my phone off of mute? Sorry about that. For those keeping score, that's Summertime from Porgy and Bess, and we'll put a link to that if you could hear that. So we're going to kick it off with the 1,000 limit. And um, most of the guests uh, expressed a little bit of grumbling about how difficult it might be to come up with um, a 1,000 budget theater. And so I took that as a challenge, and I'm going to talk about mine first, and we'll see where where everybody else spent their money. And I will tell you, as much as I love spending my money, I love spending other people's money too. So if anybody has specific 
budget questions uh, from our from our listeners and from home theater forum viewers. If you guys are having trouble figuring out where to put your money, um, we will help you spend it. And um, my take on it is, at least at the 1K and 5K um, limit, try to keep it pretty close between the audio and visual things. Uh, a lot of people tend to skip over the audio, just throw up a sound bar and buy the best TV they can with the money that they've got. And my recommendation is to, to, to try to... Uh, to balance it out. So in my 1K budget, I recommend the Energy Take 5 5.1 sound system. And I have two of these in my own home. I use them in my office for video game systems and they sound great. They're 200 bucks. And I know Costco has a similar or at least had a similar Klipsch 5.1 system. And I haven't checked that out, but I would expect that that's also in the same kind of budget area. But I think the energies are even 50 bucks below that. And I paired that with a Denon 570B receiver. I don't have this current model, but I have had similar tier models. It's a good bang for the buck at $400. I recommend an Apple TV 1K, a 4K, which is just over 100 bucks today, and a TCL 58 inch um, uh, TV which I do not have personal experience with, but many people that I trust online have, um, have, have complimented it. And so for the grand total of 993 bucks, I am ready to go with a 1K theater system. And this would be perfect for a bedroom, for an office. And I, again, I'm using similar components in my own office. And I think for a gaming system, a little desktop PC, you would be rocking and rolling in 5.1 with a you know a, a, a nice little sound system, good to go. Who wants to try next and jump in with what they uh, what they recommended at the thousand dollar level? Uh, I'll go ahead and go, Sam, if you don't mind. Sure, that sounds great, Todd. And this is Todd Rice. <laughs> um, so, so I uh, I took a swipe at it, and at first I had a much larger television, but then. Um, just this morning, I was reminded of a few things. Uh, back, you know, like when I first started getting into the audiovisual stuff, I mean, like 25, 30 years ago, I used to um, subscribe to like audiophile, uh, stereophile, anything that was AV file on the end of it. I had a subscription to it. And in one article I read talked about the value of sound over over the the, the picture and and the argument it made was even if you're watching something on a 13 inch screen if you had good sound behind it you you could still get lost in the movie and i th and, and the movie they used as an example at the time was glory with uh matthew broderick and denzel Carrie. washington and carrie elwes uh yes uh now that you remind me so I went a little bit different. I, I scrapped my original plans and I went with a smaller TV and I said, let me see if I can find a Dolby Atmos setup and a television for less than a thousand bucks. So the television I found was an LG 43 inch class, uh, UQ 9000. Uh, it's an LED 4K UHD smart web, um, you know, with the operating system. So you could download apps and do the streaming. Uh, and I found the sound bar, which was a Samsung 
HWQ750B slash ZA uh, 5.1.2 channel soundbar. Now, the description says with wireless Adobe Atmos, but when I read the reviews, um, the rear speakers uh, are wired in to a receiver. So it's not completely wireless, but uh, it uh, costs $649.99. I'm sorry, did I say how much the television was? No. So the television was $349.99. Uh, LG's, you know, good quality. Uh, the, the system I have on my walls in LG, much larger, but that's part of my $5,000 build. Uh, received really good reviews. The only thing that might not be good is it doesn't have HDMI 2.1, according to uh, the descriptions, the specs. But it does have uh, an ARC eARC setting on it. And I know maybe for gaming, I'm not a big gamer. I think 2.1 is probably pretty important to some of the gaming community. But so if I if I go with streaming, which uh, Sam knows, I've, I've cleaned out all my CD collections, uh, DVD, Blu-ray collections, and I'm, a, I'm an app guy. I stream across Apple TV Plus or Prime Video. Uh, those types of devices, so I don't have all the extra stuff in my house. So I came in at $999.98. So that's my $1,000 system. So Todd, let me let me make sure I'm understanding this right. Uh, with your setup, you'd mentioned that the rears would need to be tied to a receiver. In your $1,000 setup, there is no receiver and thus no rears, or am I misunderstanding what you're doing? No, I'm sorry. It, um, it, it looks, from the pictures, there's equipment, like um, there must be a box that connects to the sound bar. Oh, I see. So so it's all right. it's all in the box. It's just... Yep, it's, it's all in the box. It's just not. Rear... It's not fully wireless because... Somehow or another, you got to get that sound there, and you got to power it. I mean, there's, there's Correct. no nobody has true wireless rears these days that are, that are you know fully set up other than you know like temporary battery power because somehow I, you got to either you know self well, self uh, I, wire them or something like that. It right. sounds like what it is is that there's a a wireless receiver amplifier in the back of the room, so it's wireless from the from sure. the sound bar to the back, but then wires from that receiver amplifier up to the speakers. Yeah, and has have any of our um, of our participants ever used a system like that so far? Not me. Yeah, so I'd... I used to have the old Rocketfish. Um, mm. yeah, I used to have the old Rocketfish uh, surround wireless thing. Okay. Uh, reused your own speakers, but uh, after a while, it started uh, having problems. Okay. Well, we've got a pretty good contrast here already. Uh, I, I recommend using the Apple TV for its apps, and and Todd Rice is saying that he's going to go with onboard apps on the TV. Pretty cool. How about you, Todd Irwin? What, what did you come up with? Uh, well, I had the same TV that you had, Sam, the okay. uh, the TCL 58-inch 4 Series. Mm -hmm. uh, it's 320 today on as part of the President's Day sale at Best Buy. Okay. Um, and then... I found a receiver, a 7.2 receiver with Dolby Atmos and DTSX. Ooh. Um, it is a scratch and dent at Crutchfield. Okay. Apparently they have quite a few of them. Yep. It's the Onkyo TX SR494, and it's $315 right now. Nice. Very nice. And then I found a 
premium home theater system with subwoofer at monoprice, the HD35. Ooh, I was wondering and, if somebody was going to pick them. And that was 172.50 right now. Okay. And then for my media player, I went with a Panasonic DP UB150K 4K Blu-ray player. It's their no frills, but fairly reliable 4K Blu-ray players. It's just HDR10, uh, no apps, um, so it just plays discs. So the TV that you picked and the one that I picked, and, and the, when I priced it out, it was two eighty nine. So that's thirty dollars cheaper than when you saw it. So maybe President's Day sale is not <laughs> all it's cracked up to be. Well, where where did you price it? Best Best Buy. Uh, okay. Yeah. Um. So. Okay. But I went I went uh, eight dollars over budget. Yeah, and and so that that's a great point too. Uh, the I think almost everybody came in under budget with one or two exceptions. I'm one of the exceptions. Um, but we all know how budgets uh, expand to, to, to accommodate whatever, uh, you know, wh whatever people have their priorities set to. So I said, you know, 10% over budget's not a big deal. And I think that's, a, that's fair because everybody's going to add, you know, things to their room and chairs and stuff like that on top of this stuff. This is just a general guide, and if we're over by 5 or $10, we'll call that the difference between what's on sale and what's not. Um, Todd chose a scratch and dent. That's perfectly fair, but again, it's not going to scale to all of our listeners, so you got to be a savvy shopper, and we, you know we've talked about different places uh, to buy things and to follow uh, price breaks and stuff like that, including Camel, 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 and uh, you know the, the site's that track price drops online. So definitely recommend setting your alerts for, you know, any particular gear that you're interested in. How about you, John Phillips? What'd you come up with on this one? For the uh, $1,000 system, um, John Rice, you might want to um, cover your ears. Oh no. But I chose the uh, <laughs> HD theater 600, which is a uh, $249 5.1 kind of, you know, all in one system. It includes a down firing sub and um, to pair with that an Onkyo TXNR5100, which is a 5.1 receiver, which sells for about $450 right now. And for the video, an LG UQ8000, which is a 50 inch um, flat panel. And I guess I cheated a little bit on the source too, um, just assuming that we'd use the uh, TV apps. You, you, that that's not cheating at all. That that's uh, that's fairly uh, uh, fairly reasonable. Trying to to squeeze every dollar out of it here. That's great. Um, yeah. And that came in at uh, nine hundred and ninety seven dollars. Okay. Now, I checked yesterday, and the it uh, looks like the uh, the Onkyo may have uh, increased a little bit. So it's all about timing. Yep. Yeah. And, and so we're not promising that everybody's going to be able to get these prices under a thousand dollars, but we did our level best to find things. And, and of course we're looking at president's day sales too on a lot of this stuff. So maybe it'll hit for listeners and maybe it won't. Perfect. John Rice. Yep. All right. Well, I went with all Dayton audio speakers. Ooh. Um, because you can get Dayton Audio, you get they've got the T six fifty two, which is a full size four standing speaker, two way. You can get a pair of those for one fifty. Um, 
a for surround uh, a six inch bookshelf speaker the b652 those are 45 bucks and for the center c452 is a whopping 30 dollars what yeah and then they're they're sub they're eight inch they're sub 800 um is 135 so i don't know what that added up to added don't i don't have those broken out separately yeah that's fine there is for like $45 there is an upgrade to all three of those the air version which instead of having a, a dome tweeter has a uh, air motion transformer tweeter and i mean that's a for i think it's $45 more i'm sorry no more than that a little bit more than that $60 more something like that for for no it's $45 more for all of those speakers to upgrade it to the air, um, which would just totally be money well spent. Mm -hmm. um, like some others to you, I some others here, I also went with the TCL 58-inch 4 Series um, TV. And and since it is a Roku TV, it has pretty, yep. pretty solid streaming apps. Yep. Um, I had to change my receiver because I had a I had a Yamaha five five point one channel and it last week it was on sale for three hundred bucks and now it's back up to regular price at four hundred bucks. Well, we're gonna count the the the, the sale price, John. I think that's but, fair. <laughs> but I switched. I <laughs> okay. like my I like my I like my new one. All right, even so better. I am I switched it to a refurb from accessories for less. A Denon AVR750H, which is 350, and um, Todd Rice, I think, kind of went with this. I've been kind of trying, exploring the, trying to figure out the in intricacies of home Atmos, and mm -hmm. one of the things is that this this receiver, even if you're just using it as a 5.1, well, for one thing, it will expand. It is a seven. 0.1 receiver but it has atmos processing okay and i've become pretty convinced that even if you just have a 5.1 or 7.1 system um having an atmos processor makes a significant difference when you're playing an atmos um soundtrack oh I'll, that's what i'll co that i that. haven't that i have in my living room i've got a yeah. got a nice higher-end barantz receiver but it's just a 5.1 system mm -hmm. and when i added that receiver there's just a very noticeable improvement in immersion yep awesome. so so i kind of advocate that, so that that's what so i came around to is that even if you're not setting up a an atmos you know you're not doing any ceiling speakers or reflecting speakers there is a real benefit to having an Atmos capable receiver or processor. Yeah, I, I will definitely co-sign that. And that was one of the reasons why I, I, I chose the Denon receiver because it, it it's not their full, you know, that doesn't have the Odyssey that, you know, a, a an in-command Denon would have, but it's still very good processing out of the box and, you know, for for somebody who's just getting started or is getting out a smaller room or bedroom, definitely think that 
the it, it's worth the the money well spent. I want to yeah. also so go ahead. let me just toss in like I also had I did this last week and of course had the TV at at two ninety for the TCL four series a fifty fifty eight inch, but if somebody wanted to spend another hundred ten bucks, I think the the TCL fifty and fifty five inch five series is a huge step up. You okay. Know, you gain QLED and you also gain local dimming mm. where the four series is a full array. It's direct lit. It's not edge lit, mm. but there's no dimming. I see. Well, and I, I think, you know, for $110 ju- moving up to QLED and getting local dimming, it would, is definitely worth it, but that would throw me over eleven hundred. Well, I'm definitely going to ask everybody where they would spend their money if they were going to up, you know, choose their upgrades from a thousand dollar system. So that that's good to know that you would go that direction. What what, what was your total budget, John? Well, what I came out was nine ninety nine eighty five. Okay, the way I gave it without without the upgrades. Right, and so we'll give Todd Irwin uh, the the credit for the two eighty nine on his, so he can he can knock his budget down a little bit. <laughs> sure. So one thing I want to add, you'd mentioned accessories for less, and I want to give a huge thumbs up to them. I have bought refurbs from them in the past. They are an uh, an authorized dealer for. Uh, Denon's refurbs, I think they're the only authorized mechanism to buy Denon's, and, and they have them constantly. So if you're in a budget crunch, definitely give them a look. Uh, I think a lot of our prices came from Amazon and Best Buy, but on this show we, we certainly uh, would like to see and hear our listeners go to you know their, their local places, see if you can support those. And if you don't have a local place, even if you do, Check out Value Electronics. They don't support the show. We're not sponsored by them or anything, but Robert Zone has been a friend of my, mine personally and Home Theater Forum in general for a long, long time. So I also just want to point out, of course, the, the Dayton speakers, all they're sold by PartsExpress.com. Oh, I don't so. know. So do you have any Dayton equipment? I have some I have some Dayton speakers just at work mm-hmm. for you know for music playback. Okay, and I know that they were primarily known for subwoofers for a while. Is it, that's no longer true? They have a full line of speakers. Oh, they've had they've had speakers. I mean, the ones I have, I bought fifteen years ago. <laughs> I see. Okay, I, I'm I'm not super familiar with them. When I was buying budget stuff, it was mostly the um, the Pioneer Andrew Jones, which you can't buy anymore. Or they would have been in my recommendations. And the energy. I didn't know those were not available anymore. At least they're not available on Amazon. I, I know An- Andrew Jones has lent his name to uh, Todd Irwin. You might remember who who who's he building speakers for now? Monster um, Cable, or not? My, um, Mobile Fidelity. Sorry, you didn't ask me, but yeah. he's at Mobile MoFi. Uh, okay, that tracks. Uh, anybody? And Sam, Sam, go ahead, go Sam ahead. the only other place that I've ever seen those Andrew Jones speakers was Best Buy, and they okay. don't carry them anymore. Yeah, I think the licensing has run out on them, and uh, I I have three pairs of the the desktops with uh, up firing, and I, I would recommend them to anybody if you could get them, but I don't think you can get them anymore. So John Dirk, uh, what would your upgrade picks look like if you had a couple extra bucks on top of the one K, or where would you look to spend? Your, your upgrade dollars after that? 
I think if I were going to upgrade, I would probably go up to the uh, to the next. Um, I think the 65-inch uh, um, version of the LG. It was out of range, so I didn't include it. But um, you know, I, I would go ahead and get the 65-inch. I think it was only like maybe a couple hundred dollars more. Gotcha, Todd Irwin. Um, I think down the road, since I since I have a 7.1 receiver that does Dolby Atmos, mm-hmm. um, I would either add um, some rear surrounds or um, up firing uh, Atmos speakers or down firing Atmos speakers, depending on on which ones you want to go with. Outstanding. Like, like the SVS, something similar to the SVS. Um, oh, what are they called? Elevations. Uh, el- yeah, because yep. they're they're on my five thousand. They they're part of mine too. Or they I looked at them at least. How about you, uh, Todd Rice? Do you get any upgrade picks? Um, so I don't know specifically, but I, I know I would have upgraded the the, the television to have uh, a faster refresh rate. The one I had chosen only had sixty hertz, so I definitely go up to one hundred twenty mm. to help help the folks out to like to do the gaming i know that's important to them and and watching sports right a lot of the sure a lot of the action stuff to get more uh more true motion so i took a, t- a completely different path on my upgrade picks uh, i went very very low and very very high and by very very low i mean 25 dollars a month for 24 months so that's really $500, but it's only $25 now, and that's to get an Xbox Series S game sold with Game Pass. And not a lot of um, a lot of our attention's been paid to gaming, but I personally feel that Game Pass is the best value in gaming right now. I've tried all the different cloud services, and I think they all stink, to be honest with you. Even, even Xbox's cloud gaming is not ready for prime time. Um, but for that $25 a month, you literally get thousands of games and thousands of hours in gaming. Uh, the other thing that I would recommend somebody who's in this position to start looking at um, last year's uh, C2 series for LG uh, monitors, either a 42, 48, or 55, and you can get a 55-inch a renewed for just over a thousand bucks today, and I expect that to go down very rapidly. But the difference between an L- an LED and an OLED, we all know, is is literally night and day as far as the the black levels go. And we somebody had mentioned immersion earlier. Personally, I I feel like the 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 gray backgrounds on LEDs drag me out worse than any you know other visual cues, and I I like to have that really really dark deep background. Um, so that's where I would spend my money. And again, that's probably, you know, 10 times what you guys had in your recommended upgrades, but that's where I would, you know, if I was starting over again, I would do whatever I could to get an OLED to start with and, and not have to look back and, and, and replace that TV at any time soon. You know, Sam, I've got two Vizio QLED, um, and I get that the, I get pitch black background yeah i mean um, i i mean i have a, a a vizio p series too and it's great but i, I maybe i'm a snob john i don't know uh, but uh I, the heart wants what the heart wants and i i find myself not being able to go back from oled and, and i can't I, I i have the same problem in my own theater in the basement you know the blacks on my projector are world-class but still, you know, you look at that versus the sharpness and, and, and 
you know, pure pitch black of OLED and it's tough. It's tough to, to, to juggle the two of them. Well, there are, you know, it has dimming and, and there are sometimes artifacts. I mean, you can see it sure. very clearly at times, which mm-hmm. wouldn't happen on OLED. All right. Anybody else want to jump in on anything on the, the 1K level? I think we beat this to death pretty good, but I, I'm really, really appreciative that everybody came at it from different angles. And I, I think we've got some good suggestions. Hopefully that you the, the different voices haven't confused you further, but we've given you some options to think about. Uh, Sam, one yeah. other thing, because you know the C. I look. I was thinking of a C one, mm-hmm. uh, which I think what you were referring to. I know. I did year. no. The 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 fifty five inch C two re, uh, renewed is is just over a grand. I couldn't even find C ones on the market. And those should be going on clearance in a couple months as well. I yep. Imagine clearances, um, refurbs, another option. open boxes. I, I think we well, all, all recommend all of them. Be very careful though with the open box OLED. Make sure it was not a display model. And are you saying that because of burn-in? Burn-in and just just time. So Todd, you've probably had more exposure to any of the uh, open box and possible burn-in on um, on OLEDs. What what have you seen out there? Because my experience as a home user, as somebody who abuses them with gaming, is that it it's not an issue. You disagree? Oh no! I think the newer newer OLEDs. I agree with you. What I'm more concerned about is just um, how many hours that TV's been used. If it's a display model, that's my only concern. And, sure. and I'm, I would say that just about for any TV. Yeah, I, I I would I would agree with you on any open box TV. You know, you got to be careful about the hours because they do have a limited life life cycle. Um, right. But yeah, so so definitely, you know, do your homework and. Don't buy something open box without having it turned on if you can avoid it. I, I agree with that. I think that's smart. Right, and and also if you know if you're also um, if you can't find any of the uh, C twos that are open box or whatever, you know, take a look at the B series. That's a, a little, that's a great suggestion. A little, I I haven't really a little dimmer. They're a little dimmer than the C series. Mm-hmm. Not quite as bright as the C series, but you're still getting the 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 true blacks on those. That's great. I, I don't have any exposure to it. Ha- haven't seen any of them even in the stores. I can't tell you how many times I've been to a store in the last year to have even seen one. So that, that's a oh, oh, yeah. good no, recommendation. You won't, fi- you won't find a B-series in a store usually. Oh, no, they're uh, special or only? No, I, I, they're, I mean, they're readily available online, but I, I have never seen them on a showroom. Um, but but the, another, another good thing about the B-series is it is 120 hertz. Native display. Yeah, you can't beat the LGs for the gaming and for that 120 hertz. It really makes a difference. Uh, one one other yeah. suggestion. Nobody's mentioned it, uh, but no matter what level you're looking at a TV, definitely check out Costco as well uh, because they they have a bunch of them hung up, and you can go look at them head to head the same way that you can at Best Buy. Um, I wouldn't tell anybody to go window shopping at Costco, but buy at Value Electronics. But I know people who've done it. <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, and, and I should have mentioned my TV selection was a Costco TV. Gotcha. And the nice thing about Costco is you can buy a five-year warranty for any TV. At least you used to be able to. I think you still can. So, so ask about that. Even if you didn't buy it there, you can uh, buy buy the five-year warranty. Uh, and uh, they'll support it with their own service center. Uh, it's a third party, and I know people have had good luck with it. So, 
for if you're if you are worried about burning, the five year warranty is like a hundred bucks, two hundred bucks, something like that, and it's worth that peace of mind. I don't recommend it, but if your lizard brain is screaming at you, what happens if I get burning in three years? My answer is put that hundred dollars towards the next TV in three years. But not everybody thinks the way that I do, for, for sure. Yeah, I wouldn't expect a warranty to cover that. I would, I would think they would call that um, misuse yeah. and deny it. Yep, yep. That that's the, a possibility. The only extended too. warranty that I know of that covers burn-in is is Best Buy's. All right, good plug there, Todd. <laughs> um, I, 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 yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, but the other thing about Costco is you get um, one extra year of manufacturer's warranty. Good to know. Did not did not remember that. Cool, cool. Any other words on the one K level? All right. Hearing no objections, we'll move on to the 5K level. Who wants to jump in first here? I'll go. All right. Jump in, sir. All right. I'm going to start off with uh, a closeout den on receiver, the AVR X4700H, um, which the the 4800 is out, and it's $2,500. The 4700 on Closeout is a thousand dollars less, fourteen fourteen ninety nine. Um, right now, you can get that from Denon or Crutchfield, or you can get it through Amazon. And I'm not promoting. <laughs> it's I just realized I'm sounding like an ad. You can get it through Amazon from Listen Up, which is a very reputable, um, long-standing audio retailer here in Colorado. Oddly, you can get it from Listen Up through Amazon, but you can't get it from Listen Up on the Listen Up website. So figure that out. So that's fifteen hundred. Now that that receiver has uh, nine channels of amplification built in, and it processes eleven channels. So you can, if you add a two-channel amp, you can go with a full seven X four Atmos setup. Um, I'm going to point out, I'm just doing a 5.1. In fact, all of mine, this one is just going to be a 5.1 to give room, to get the best quality uh, I can get for the $5,000. And then if somebody wants to upgrade it, then then they can. That's perfectly Um, fair. So I made a couple, prices changed. I double-checked them. I am, I... Upgraded the disc player from the Panasonic 150 to the 420 because last week the 150 was on sale and now it's not and the 420 is on sale. Where I saw it, you can get it for uh, 218 And I think, it, I think it probably shows where my priorities are that I'm spending a whopping 12% of the total budget on video. <laughs> Wow, yeah, and, that, that and 88% on audio. So I chose a 55-inch TCL 6 series, which is a QLED um, mini LED that it's not big, but it's going to give you really an outstanding picture, you know, for 600 bucks. It's just a real bargain. Um, up in the in the front, I've got Probably no big surprise, a pair of uh, ELAC Unify 2, the UF-52, which is their floor-standing um, speaker in the in the Unify version 2 line. And then uh, the matching center, the UC-52, 
Right now, a pair of the UF 52s is 1,050, and the center is about 339. Um, I couldn't fit the the Unify 2 bookshelf speakers for surround into the budget, but you can still get the original Unify for about half price. A pair of those is 331, so that would be your your surround. And then for subwoofers, um, Rail is having a closeout on the HT1205 version one for four four fifty. So I got a pair of those at eight ninety eight. Um, gets me to forty nine thirty five. Very cool, John. How difficult was it for you to not recommend separates at this price level? It's not possible to do separates at this price range. Yeah, no, I don't. No, I don't that, think that there. There's no combination that would work. You don't think? Well, um, Emotiva has, and I think maybe Outlaw have both have a Outlaw used to have a sub one thousand dollar processor. Um, Emotiva, I can't remember. I think it's if it's. I think it's a thousand. Maybe it's a little bit less. Um, I would, it was not difficult at all for me to go with a receiver. For one thing, this receiver, like it says, has 11 channels of processing and it has full preamp output. So you all always have the option of just running it as a processor. Yeah, absolutely. Plus it's got the Odyssey. What, you know, you can choose to use it or not. I know we've had some guests on the show recommend against it but i i personally run it for all my systems and the in command system and especially at that level it's got some pretty good processing in there to help at least get you a baseline and then you can go from there on your own it's a pretty that is a serious right now for a mid-level receiver that close out of the 4700 for 1500 dollars to me if anybody's looking for a you know mid-ish higher level receiver that that just to me that's a no-brainer like i said the 4800 is a thousand dollars more yeah does that have any hdmi 2.1s in it uh that's the one limitation i think it just has one okay um you know 8k um 4k 120 vrr um compatible but i don't know if a lot of people have more than one i don't know i don't gamers Gamers, yeah. So if if you're a gamer and you want to run both a PlayStation Five and an Xbox, you need that is, something with two. Yeah, but that is a limitation on it. <laughs> I think the forty eight hundred that all the inputs are uh, are eight K compatible. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. No, no, that that's a that's a serious system. Uh, how about you, John Dirk? Uh, you got a retort to that because you and John. Uh, uh, John Rice tend to think of along the same lines. What do you got for us? He doesn't need an insult like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I agree with, with, with John. I mean, the one thing that, um, that, that would probably allow it would be, um, if you would look at the secondary market, but I'm always surprised at how often, uh, people come to the forum asking for budget suggestions. And then we, we, uh, bring that up and it's just, you know, completely ignored. I mean, I always look at secondary markets for anything I buy. So I, I don't know why there's so much resistance to it. But outside of that, I, I don't think you would be able to get into separates at that price point either. 
Yeah, I, I think that's a terrific suggestion. And I think that's appropriate literally for all of our, you know, every budget. Um, but again, it's, uh, it's a little bit luck of the draw too, right? So you can't count on, you know, finding something in your area, especially if you're, you know, say out in the Midwest or the center of the country, uh, whereas you might be able to more like I am, you know, north of Baltimore and having, you know, just the density of population to be able to pull from. But yeah, that's a good suggestion. What What's your 5K system look like? So for the uh, 5K system, I went um, with a brand that I uh, uh, use for my Atmos speakers even today, and that is RSL or Roger Sound Labs. They've got a, a nice 5.1 system, uh, the CG23M, and it includes one of their um, Speedwoofers. Um, I think they've got the, uh, they call it the Mark II now, but it's it's a 10-inch subwoofer, and um, I, I, we, we, you know, I know we're not talking about rooms, but I always kind of picture that when I do my uh, planning. So I figured this one would be in a, you know, a medium-sized room. So we want a uh, a discrete sub. So these speakers are um, the LCRs all match, um, and then it's got a couple of uh, uh, you know, smaller satellites for the surrounds. Um, kind of like contra contrary to what John is doing. And I, I, I would, I would do that in my, uh, when we get to the next category, I do that too. But for this one, I kind of concentrated on, on uh, video. So that's where the bulk of my budget will go, but, um, getting ahead of myself for the, um, receiver. I chose the, uh, step down model of the one John recommended, which is the Denon AVR X 2700 H and it's a 7.2, um, uh, Atmos capable system um available at crutchfield right now for 7.99 and then i put the bulk of my budget into uh video because i wanted to uh, get a projector in at this uh, price point so i chose the wemax nova uh, ultra short throw laser projector and it comes with a 100 percent um alr screen and it's got android tv built in for the apps i think i requested a review unit on that one and hasn't shown up yet yeah, you can't. <laughs> I cheated again because they're they're in short supply, but they're out there. Cool. Have you seen one in person yet? No. Yeah, I, I know. Like AVS is full of people testing them out, and seems to be getting good results. So more to yeah, follow on that for sure. Yep. Is that is that everything in your kit? And what was your total price? Total was four thousand six hundred and forty-seven dollars on this one. Oh, you saved us four hundred dollars. You're a hero. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> All right, cool. Uh, how about you, Todd Rice? What do you got? Because I think this is above the budget you spent for yours, right? Uh, above the budget I spent of, of your I, personal I, one, <laughs> your your personal uh, theater. No, it, it's, it's so it's almost um, it's almost exactly the same system I have at the house here now. Okay, with the exception of you know it's uh, almost a year later, so I, I can upgrade the television from what I have on the wall right now. Uh, what I have at home right now is a C1 OLED, but what I was able to find at Costco was an LG 77-inch uh, OLED C2. Of course, it's got all the bells and whistles, the 4K UHD, um, and a really nice feature. You know, one of the things, you know, last time I was on the show, I talked about, it's got a thing they call, they call it the magic remote. And I would agree, it is a magic remote. You know, one of my goals was 
to cut down on the number of remote controls it took to, you know, turn the television on, turn the cable box on, turn this on, turn that on. And what I'll say is I could use the magic remote and a magic remote only to run everything, but uh, I'm still I'm still tied to a cable box and the and the the graphic user interface on the cable box and setting up recordings like that. I still use it for that, but um, I, I could use that magic remote for everything. So I got this at Costco. It's uh, $2,799.99. And I looked at what I bought last year at Costco, the C1, and that was a 77-inch. And the C2 is only $200 more. So I broke one of your cardinal rules, Sam, of Buy it and never look back. <laughs> don't don't look at the next year's <laughs> reviews. <laughs> I look I look back now, yeah. right? And for two hundred dollars more, I could have got the next yeah. generation. But I, every I year's wait. that way. You know, yeah. I want to get the television up. Your setup so, is beautiful, Todd. I will tell yeah. people who who have not been fortunate enough to be there. <clears throat> for somebody yeah. who's not an addict to forums the way that we are, you know, trying to squeeze every little bit out of it, I think you had a particularly good vision to go streaming and digital only with, you know, with the side of the cable put into it and you, you made it, uh, made it your own. So that's awesome. Yeah. And so, so the, uh, the sound that I tie into that is the, um, I have the premium immersive set with the arc from Sonos and that is on sale right now, a hundred dollars off at $1,946. That is the setup with, um, it's got it uses the arc as the soundbar, the sub generation three for the wireless subwoofer, and two one SL speakers for the rear. And the setup on the Sonos was uh, very easy. You use an app on your phone. Uh, you turn the the, uh, the soundbar on. You know, tap it with your phone. It connects, and then you it gives you directions. Right then, you turn on the sub, wave your phone over it take it to the rear speakers, wave your phone over it, and it's got an app um, to, you know, test around the room to set up your um, sound field. And it adjusts over time. You occasionally get software updates. I've only uh, had one problem with it now in about, what was it, eight, eight nine months I've had it set up where I, I had to disconnect it from Wi-Fi and turn it back on. Uh you know, it, there's only one wire from the soundbar into the television, and the rear speakers you do have to plug them in for power, but they're completely wireless. Everything is completely wireless except <clears throat> except for that one wire. Uh, let me go back to the television a little bit. The television is a big upgrade too, right? Because it's got four HDMI inputs, and they are all uh, 2.1 inputs. And when I back up a little bit, you know, originally Sam. When you came over, I had the sound bar and everything set up to like what a 22-inch insignia television. Yeah, I remember that. And and we played, uh, I played a couple of things, right? Master and Commander, which is one of your favorites. Sure, you yeah. Some go-to scenes, and the Dolby Atmos worked really really well on that, right? When they had the explosions and some guys were below deck and it sounded like they were running over your head. Yep. I, it was it was like. Um, a century jump for me to have that Atmos to work in that kind of uh, way. I'd never experienced that before. And, and my, uh, my girlfriend, uh, my, my girlfriend, my daughter's boyfriend, 
uh, came over and he was watching that. And I showed him this scene from uh, No Time to Die when they're in, in the uh, little town square and the church bell seemed to be moving. Oh, yeah. Head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it, and it goes back to what I was saying, even though we had that little uh, 22 inch television set up. You know, Ruben said, wow, he says, I forgot I was watching this on a little set because <laughs> because the sound was so good, right? The sound is what pulls you in. And even on a decent picture, you know, with, with a little uh, little screen, if you got good sound, yep. I think that uh, compensates for a lot. Uh, one thing I would change from when I gave you my notes, when you mentioned it, right, the Apple TV box is only about 100 bucks. Is that what you said earlier? 109 109 because... Uh, Let's see. My total so far is four thousand seven hundred forty-five dollars and ninety-nine cents. And I would add the TV, uh, Apple TV box uh, streaming. And here's why: streaming with the app is great on the television, except when you're going through an app like that. Uh, even in the iTunes library, you can't see the extras. And part of movies that I really like, I like to see the extras that go along with that. So I do have an Apple TV box, but it's on my uh, set in the basement. So if I want to watch the extras, I have to go down there now. I'm, um, it, I'm almost at the point where I'm, I'm ready to bring the Apple TV box upstairs and, and hook it up just so I can watch extras at my leisure um, on the couch. All right. But that, that's my $5,000 system. Well, I have and... I, I have a three word recommendation for you, Todd, and yep. that is treat yourself. <laughs> <laughs> because I, I, I too I I pick and choose the extras that, that I that I dig into. Um and I, I watched a, a movie today that I wish that I could have pulled the extras from. It was on Amazon Prime, no extras. And so when you when when you dig something, you definitely want to check it out. So I think that's worth a hundred dollars out of a five thousand dollar. Yeah, and I, I I could have added that, and I'd still I'd be at what I'd be at uh, forty eight hundred, yeah, eight and change, yeah. yeah. Did somebody have something to add to that? Sorry, I was just gonna. I mean, that in any system, I, especially if it's down to one hundred ten dollars, the the Apple TV is is an easy one to justify. You know, the the dumb thing is that for like two or three years, people were poo pooing Apple. Oh. It's so expensive. Oh, why Why do you need that? <clears throat> they made it a loss leader, right? I mean, they can't be making a whole lot of money at $110. But so many people are getting Apple TV Plus today, and that just keeps getting better. And all the apps, I don't care where they're from, they're the best version of the apps 99% of the time. And I know Todd tracks, Todd uh, Irwin checks, tracks this better than anybody. And he can dispute me if he likes. But my experience has been if it's on the Apple ecosystem, it's going to have the widest exposure and the manufacturers are trying to put the best version out there on that. Well, and the, it just works. Yep. Yeah. And and the, and the, those are dirty words to, to technophiles, but for the most part, they're true. Cool. Um, anything else to add to your system, Todd? Uh, no, that's it for me. Thanks. Okay. How about you, Todd Irwin? Well, let's see. Um, <clears throat> for the TV, I went with an LG C2 65-inch. Me too, me too. Which is 1700 Yep. And um, I'm just going to go down the list that I have here, even though I'm kind of going all over the place. Uh, for my media player, for my, I have two media players, 
So I have the Panasonic DPUB820K, uh, 4K Blu-ray player that that has um, that's 500 bucks, and that's a reliable Blu-ray pl- 4K Blu-ray player with auto sensing Dolby Vision, because I currently have the Sony uh, X800M2, which you have to toggle, which is a pain in the butt. That, that does sound like a pain. Um, and then I'm go- then I'm also going with the uh, 64 gig Apple TV 4K. Brilliant, brilliant. Uh, what, what sounds? What? A what sound system? That's what I was going to do okay. next. <laughs> uh, um, so for the receiver, I'm going with a Denon AVR-X1700H. It's 7.2, uh, 700 bucks at Best Buy, uh, Dolby Atmos, DTSX, um, decent wattage on it. And then for the speakers, I'm going with the Monolith Audition. I'm going with the T4 towers for the left, right, and and rear, and not rear, no, I'm sorry, left, right, and surrounds. So I'm getting four of those. That's 650 and those are mono-priced, by the way. Uh, and then I'm going with the matching center, the C4, Audition C4 center, which uh, is 105 And then I'm going with an SVS SB100 Pro sub for 600 Nice. And then uh, a pair of the prime ev- prime elevation speakers for Atmos. Oh, that's brilliant! And and what size is that sub? Do you know? Is that a eight inch sub Sorry? or is it bigger? What size is that sub? Is it an eight inch sub or is it bigger than that? It's twelve, isn't it? Uh, I'd have to pull up the specs on that. I didn't think they got into twelve until like the one thousand series. No, the sealed I think well, is I'm twelve. Being... Mm. What well, what's the price on it? 600. Okay, cool, cool. The SV1000 that I, I'm going with. It's a 13-inch cabinet. All right, and what was your total? And my grand total was 4883 Brilliant. Uh, $4,883.22. Awesome, awesome. All right, I think that leaves me, and I am going to hit a lot of things that were said already and a couple little twists. <clears throat> On the receiver front, I'm going with the Denon 3800 receiver. It's a model I have myself. It's $1,700 retail. Um, Dolby Atmos, uh, 7.1.2, I think, out of the box. I think it can be expanded past that. Uh, I'm going to pair that with just the SVS Prime Satellite 5.1, and I'll tell you why. Uh, A, I have experience with it, and I have one in my bedroom, and it's brilliant. can be expanded to 7.1 or 7.1.2 or 0.4 pretty readily. Uh, It's got a nice little sub along with it. And if you wanted to add a bigger sub, say the SVS uh, SB2000 for $900 on top of that, uh, it, it all matches up very, very well. I too chose the LG C265 inch for $1,700, and I'm going to say that's roughly 30% of my budget right there. It's just in the TV. And I think if you were to buy an LG C265 inch, you would be absolutely blown away with that and happy with that unless you were an absolute pixel peeper for the next five years. That is a five-plus-year TV for 99% of the population out there. And I beat the budget here on this one. I came in at fifty-one fifty-six, and you could definitely get it to under two grand if you were to say buy the SVS set on their President's Day sale, which is going on today. 
I didn't check the updated prices, but I know that they do President's Day and they do Fourth of July sales. And I have uh, two and a half sets of SVS different um, gear throughout my house, and I recommend everything that they make up and down the lines. And uh, as a media player, I'm going out in left field and selecting the Xbox Series X, and I will note that that has every app that you could want on it, every game um, other than the PlayStation exclusives has it available to it, Game Pass, and it has a built-in 4K UHD disk drive that you can watch movies on. You've got to control it with a controller and not a remote, although you can add a remote if you wanted to, and all that for five grand. I think that's <clears throat> a, a system that almost anybody could be very, very proud of. Uh, who wants to talk about their upgrade recommendations? Who wants to jump in on that? Well, I went first. I guess I can do the upgrades. Sure, go for it. Um, uh, there's really just a couple upgrades on mine. Um, you could, on the surround speakers, you could upgrade them from the, uh, the unified version 1 to the version 2, add another pair, for 7.1 like i said i wasn't really looking into going beyond 7.1 on any of my systems actually um upgrade on the sub from the rel a really good one right now instead of the pair of the rels uh, svs has brought back the non-pro sb2000 you can get it they're 500 each so you can get a pair for a thousand dollars and I'll, I'll tell you what, a pair of SB2000s would be, for a lot of people, would would be a, a, a killer setup. It's only $100 more than the pair of RELs. Nice. And that's actually the only upgrades I have. Okay. How about you, John Dirk? For this system, the only um, thing I would upgrade would be I would throw in a second sub, mm-hmm. a second speed woofer. Nice. Okay. Uh, Todd Irwin? Uh, okay. For, for me, I would maybe upgrade the speakers to like the, maybe up to the T5s or, or go up to the, um, the monolith encore series. I meant to ask you, do you have any of the, the monoprice, uh, speaker systems? Have you auditioned? I, I did review the monolith encores. Okay. Those were, I was, I, I cried when I returned them. <laughs> it's terrible, isn't it? Yeah. Um, not, I wasn't that thrilled with their 5.1 THX, um, system, uh, but that may have just been me. Gotcha. Uh, so yeah, I mean, or, or, or just upgrade all the speakers to SV, something from SVS. Nice. Nice. But, uh, not, not really anything anywhere else to really upgrade. Maybe, maybe go up to the 77 inch OLED. Yeah. The, the, that was one of my recommendations too, but I mean, the difference between a $1,700 and $2,500 TV gets gets pricey really, really quick there. Yeah, I was I was looking to change that out, and I was like, then I saw the price. I was like, uh, no. Yep. All right. Um, Anything yep. else? Uh, no, no, I don't think so. Um, like I said, I think, or, or maybe go with um, the next level up on the Denon gotcha. receiver. Yep. Uh, they're but, they're but nice. upgrades. Future upgrades would be upgrading the speakers to mm-hmm. to something a little better. The the nice thing about the Denons is that you know the the UI is the same for all of them. That they add very very reasonable or, or 
you know, helpful upgrades in addition to just the power and wattage in those things. And I, I know John's probably, the Johns are probably squirming at my use of, you know, power. And that's that, that term, because I know we talked about power in the past, uh, but the output on them. Um, but yeah, I, I, I definitely agree. Uh, up, you know, going up uh, into a new receiver category, it makes sense, especially if you're going to drive them hard. Anything else? Uh, no, other than <clears throat> I think you and I, I think, are very um, brand loyal when it comes to Denon. Yes. And I think LG as well uh, for displays. And um, one thing I I've, I've always tell people is, um, and maybe I'm wrong, but this is what I've always been taught, uh, is that the X series from Denon usually has a little better processors than the S series. Better processing and more beef in 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 Look, their their both the chassis and the components within it for sure. Yeah, and usually a little better Odyssey version as well. Yeah, for sure. Cool. Todd Rice, what what upgrades would you choose, and would you do it in your own system since you're pretty much in this ballpark with yours? Yeah. So some some somebody we got so many guys I don't know who mentioned it, but whoever said the second sub, I thought ooh. Second sub would be nice, and then yeah. they're only. I'm looking at it now. It's it's another seven hundred fifty dollars for me to add a sub to the system that I have mm. right now. But um, and you have to stay in the Sonos line to do that, right? There's no... uh, yeah, you know, because it would all tie together. Yeah, and and that's the great thing with Sonos. Um, you remember at one point, Homes had like speakers wired in every room. Uh, so, some of the better luxury homes. I mean, mine but, does but, right now. Yeah, <laughs> I have with, the whole yeah. home stereo. Yeah, yeah. With uh, with the Sonus, right? You can buy as you add on. You can buy the the One SL, um, the Rome, and they all connect together. And you can have you can have music throughout your whole house. Yep. Or just the rooms you you want to have them in, and you can assign a speaker to each room and turn it off on and off with your app. So. Yep. But I think yeah, if I was if I was gonna upgrade, it would be the second sub. Cool, cool, cool. All right, Todd Irwin had mentioned my brand loyalty, and I will tell you, I am loyal to Denon um, through and through. Uh, I I have not found another brand that fits me as well as Denon does for. And I'm running three different rooms of home theaters. It, it's the dumbest thing ever for. A single guy to have, you know, multiple home theaters, but it is what it is, and I love my Denons for it. Todd also suggested that I might be brand loyal to LG, and I, I don't know about that. Uh, I love the performance of the LG OLEDs. Uh, I love their pricing compared to their uh, competitors. I am not a fan of the Magic Remote like Todd uh, Rice is. Uh, if there was one thing that I could change about the the LG C and G series, it would be to get rid of that and go to a standard remote or maybe at least a Bluetooth enabled remote that that does things without waggling it all around. So I know some people love it and some people hate it. And I wouldn't say I hate it, but it's never enhanced the experience for me. Well, Sam, I I I, I know what you're talking about. I don't care for that cursor that kind of jumps all over the place but yeah that that magic remote it it works the the sonos speaker yeah the cable yep. box i mean it just for for that i i can 
I can forgive the uh, that that weird cursor mouse thing that it has. Gotcha. No, no, no. That that's that's truly valid. And I, I again, I would not have built my theater out the way that you did, but I love everything about it and it, it how it fits your vision and and how you've uh, you made you've made it your own and you've made it you know you can make it do anything that you want it to do when you want it to do it with with one or two remotes and where I've got seven remotes floating around and God help anybody that has to run it besides me. For my own upgrades, uh, I would definitely add two more SVS Prime uh, satellite speakers, which would add another $350. But as a budget change to that, uh, if I'm going to 5.2, I might choose the Sony Bounce Atmos speakers, which are a true bargain at $123. I do have them in my own living room. And they, as John noted, the processing is a big, John Rice noted, the processing is a big part of Atmos, but adding those extra speakers, putting the, the sound up in the air helps a lot too. Uh, if I was going to, if I was going to choose any of the, my recommended upgrades, it would be to move to an SVS SB2000 Pro subwoofer. That's $900. And I think the jump in size would be well worth it. Um... I think that's it. Anybody have anything else they want to say about the mid tier or the, the 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 bang for the buck five k? All right, so that brings us to the big granddaddy, the unlimited category, and I think we all had a pretty uh, similar view of what this meant, where we went unlimited but within reason, um, and then we uh, went beyond that <laughs> too. So uh, who wants to start with that? Hey, Sam, this is uh, Todd Rice. Yep. So uh, I'm setting this round out. Uh, right. The, the, the problem I had, right, um, like a lot of the other guys here, they're kind of in the, in this, in the industry. Right. So I, I had trouble, like when I'm looking at higher end stuff, finding pricing. Everything would kind of lead me to connect with a dealer and installer type thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, the example I'll, I'll give uh, – the, the the streaming device I would have used is the Kaleidoscape. Oh, okay. Uh, and I I know it's pricey. And when you had those, when you had somebody from Kaleidoscape on a few months ago, I could dig up some prices. Mm-hmm. And 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 I think I think the one I was looking at was like twenty five grand or something. Yep. Their streaming device. But now it's all connect with a dealer. So um, and I I was telling you earlier, it's kind of like. If I have more than two or three options, I start getting locked up. You know, yep. my brain, uh, I have a difficulty making a choice. So I'm going to set out in this round and just enjoy the information that I receive from the other three guys. Thanks. Todd, I'm so glad that you said that. And I think you're going to be um, representing a, a huge portion of this audience. Um, I, I noted that you're you're kind of a lurker at Home Theater Forum. And just like any forum, Home Theater Forum has as many or more lurkers than it does active posters. And, uh, you know, trying to follow along any enthusiast forum can be tough. There's a whole different language and people are, you know, have inside baseball and history and stuff like that. So that's totally fair. You built basically your dream theater for the price that you wanted to spend. So kudos to you and thank you for helping us uh, navigate that and what, with somebody who's not completely crazy the way we are for home theater 
uh, might do it and do it right. So that's great. Hey, so I do have one question, Sam. Yeah. Uh, uh, for everybody else here, if they know like an average price of the equipment in, you know, just the movie theater we go to, the, to the the Cinemark or the AMC, uh, what would be the average cost of the amount of the equipment just in one theater, right? To, you know. I, I wouldn't hazard a guess. I know the the laser projectors are like two hundred and fifty grand. So, how many tickets does it take to to recoup that? I don't know. John Rice, you got an idea on any of this? You you might have the closest, to, or John uh, Phillips I, might have. Some I, idea. I really have no idea. I couldn't. I mean, I'm sure it varies a lot. Yeah. The difference between a you know what they call a shoebox theater. That's got you know five point one and something that's fully Atmos kitted is probably a you know a fifty times multiplier on something like that. So I don't know. It's in the tens of thousands of dollars at a minimum, though. Um, John, I, I think it's closer to hundreds of thousands. Probably. No, I've been mean, I mean, you know for a shoebox theater, probably not. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, I go to premium theaters now. I go I go to see IMAX and Dolby Cinema, and I know that those are easily in the hundreds of thousands of dollars. But your your local Cinema Ten, do each of those cost fifteen grand? I don't know. Todd, you want uh, Todd Erwin, uh, you want to go with your grand vision? Oh sure, but but to to piggyback on what you just said though, I think you could probably get a really good deal on a cinema projector right now. Why do you say that? Uh, well, with all the with lots of all the uh, regals being that are shutting down right now. Oh, I hadn't heard about that. Uh, did they go out of with business? The bankruptcy. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I know Kevin um, Smith just bought um, Todd uh, Rice in my local home theater. Uh, so not home theater, but local theater. The Atlantic Cinema Twin is now the mm-hmm. Smod Castle. So more, more like that, please. Yeah, somebody somebody bought about a year ago. Somebody bought the old uh, uh, Quonset Hut Theater here in town, but hasn't done anything with it. Um, but anyway, so I I was torn on this one because uh, I was I was going back and forth a couple times. You know, did I want to go with projector? Did I want to go with a display? Because there you know that there are some ninety inch um, and bigger displays out there. Um, and then of course LG just did the uh, the their pan their panels for shoebox theaters that they just announced, but with no pricing, of course. Um, but I ended up going with the projector, and it's probably I, I'm going to guess it's going to be very similar to what everyone else chose if they went projector. Uh, so I went with the JVC DLA RS 4500K native 4K projector for 25 grand. Um, which has HDR10 and auto tone mapping and frame adapt on that. And it's a laser projector. <clears throat> and then matching that with, um, this is where I, I'm like with, with Todd Rice, I don't know what to do about screens. So I went with an elite screens, pro frame, thin 135 inch screen, uh, which has a 180 degree view and a screen gain of 1.1. Um, and what's the price on the screen? It was uh, 1650. Not bad, not bad. And then for audio, I'm going with a Denon AVR-X6700H 11.2 receiver for 3300 And then I'm going with um, a set of SVS uh, Ultras, uh, two towers in the front and an ultra center 
um, and surrounds, and then uh, two additional surrounds, and then pairing that with a, a pair of SB16 Ultra subs. Very nice. And um, have you? And then, well, no, I'm, go ahead. And then for Atmos, um, a two pair of the Bowers and Wilkins um, CCM682 in ceilings. Nice, nice. Okay. Is that everything? Uh, no, now, now for media. I'm uh, going with again. I'm going with the the Panasonic DBUBA20 for 500. Uh, but I do want to listen to be able to listen to my SACDs and DVD audio discs. So I'm going with I'm going to add a, a second 4K Blu-ray player. It's the Sony UBPX800M2, uh, which I'm only going to use to play SACDs and DVD audios because uh, I don't want to bother switching to Dolby Vision on that. Um, for streaming, I'm going to go with the Apple TV 4K 64 gig. And that was going to set me back $44,407.87. And you still can't game on it, Todd. <laughs> I'm, not a ga- I'm, not a, I'm not a gamer. I still have a yeah. PS3 that yeah, I play okay. every once in a while. All that's right, it. that's fair. That's fair. Uh, have you seen this projector? No, I have not, but I've heard all kinds of good things about it. You know, I've been in the market for one of these three JVC projectors since they came out. I actually had one pre-ordered, and um, other priorities came up, let's put it that way. And I still have not been invited to anybody's house to see one of these in person. We do have one down in Towson that I could go take a look at, and I haven't done that yet. Maybe I'll do that next weekend I've got free. But that's that's the... problem with these very expensive projectors is finding one to to see in the wild before you lay your money down is very very tough what about the uh speakers that you've recommended uh have you heard those um not those specific ones but i've heard svs before i think they're upgraded versions uh, of the form events yeah so yeah so they're they're upgraded versions of ones you've either heard or or participated in events with them Right, because I remember uh, they sponsored the uh, the last trip to Vegas. Right, er- and if you're listening, new home theater forum owners, we would love a new home theater forum meet in Vegas or California. <laughs> um, if you were to do a cherry on top, Todd, anything you would add to any of this? Oh, I'll I'll make you happy. A PS5 or Xbox. Okay, okay. very good, very good, very good. Okay, let's uh, let's kick it over to John uh, Phillips. Okay, this one's going to take a while. <laughs> All right, we're here. We're here for it. Yeah, I had I had a lot of fun with this one. Uh, so, for I'll start with audio for uh, the speakers. Um, I went with uh, Legacy Audis, Legacy Audio's um, V System. I own their uh, Focus SEs, and they are just exquisite in every way. Um, the V system is a few steps up from that. It's uh, an eight driver system with uh, it's got a four channel DSP crossover. It's got uh, dual four inch AMT ribbons, um, dual six inch uh, mids and dual uh, 12 inch base drivers built in. Um, it sells for fifty five thousand and that includes the outboard um, wavelet processor. And those are active, right? Yeah. Can you tell our yeah. listeners what that means? That they're self-powered? Yeah, the uh, the base drivers have built-in amplification, and they also have active crossovers, which is what John's talking about, the um, the outboard processor. 
So so they need their own individual plug then, right? Yes. Correct. Okay, cool. Yeah. And then for the uh, sensor, I um, chose the same sensor I currently have, which is the uh, Legacy Audio Marquee XT. Uh, it's uh, got two 12-inch um, bass drivers, a 8-inch mid driver, and a 4-inch AMT ribbon that's obviously designed to match with the, uh, the Focus SEs I also run. And for the uh, surrounds, I went with their uh, Studio HD line times two. And then, uh, let's see, for Atmos, I switched over because Legacy doesn't do any in-ceiling speakers. So I went with uh, the uh, Kef C1200 at uh, $999 each times four. Sweet. And Go ahead. No, sweet, sweet. I I, I didn't look at Kef. I, I... I have a number of Kev products. So I didn't think to check them out for ceiling speakers. Yeah, if I were replacing mine, that I would go with these. I, I went to kind of the budget route when I get when I uh, installed mine. But if I were replacing them, I'd go with these. Um, let's see, I think uh, I think Todd Irwin said dual SVS SB16 Ultras. Uh, even though this system really would not need subs since we're talking unlimited. I would I would add dual SB16 Ultras. I have the uh, SB4000s, and they are just amazing. So I would go ahead and add those, and that would be for the pair $4,399. Let's see, for amplification, I have a uh, stereo um, Class D amp for my two fronts um, by D-Sonic, which is a great um, boutique amplifier manufacturer. Uh, for this system, I would go with their M3A 3200, which is a five-channel amplifier, and that one will give you 400 watts into eight ohms for each of those channels. And uh, then for the remaining channels, their M3A 4400, which is an 11-channel amplifier, and that one, well, still 11 by 400, so 400 watts for every channel. And I think actually, I think the um, the M3A 3200 is more than 400 watts. I think that's that's um, 800 watts our channel, and that's for the front stage. And then for the um, pre-pro in this system, I would I would go with the Trinov Altitude 16, which is um, if you're familiar with Trinov, they make a just a very unique product that um, unfortunately sells for twenty thousand dollars, which is why I don't have one. I'm but, with you. Yeah. yeah, it's a beautiful machine, though. Uh, and then for the um, video, I would um, again. I think Tarter when he he called it by by the RS designation, but I believe Todd, correct me if I'm wrong. I believe that's the JVC NZ8. It may be the nine. Oh, I think you you may have been talking about the nine, but the NZ8 is as much money as I would spend. Those those are about fifteen thousand dollars. Yeah, the the price I have listed for the NZ9 was 26,000. I think that's what Todd was talking about. They they have different model numbers for Europe and America and I think the America goes by the NZ9 designation, right? Yeah, it's a uh, America, well, it's NZ is is like kind of like Epson does. Um it's the NZ is a consumer kind of channel and then RS is the uh, integrator channel. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. Screw those integrators. I'm putting it in myself. Exactly. <laughs> no, no, no. We we certainly have had integrators on the show, and 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 they do amazing work. But I think oh, they do. But I I think their 
their customers, not the typical home theater forum member who wants to do it themselves. Yeah, I agree. And for the screen, hey, even go ahead. Oh, Crutchfield does have the uh, RS4500 available to order on their website. Oh, okay. That's good to know. Um, yeah, sometimes you can get them that way, and some it's kind of weird how that works because sometimes some manufacturers are pretty um, strict about that. But for the screen, I would, um, even though we're talking unlimited, I would go with a, a silver ticket STR Series 6. Um, it's uh, This particular one is... Uh, 2.35 the one format, uh, 158 inches, but it's only $829. I've got the 135-inch uh, version of it in my theater, and it's it's been a, a great performer. I don't think you need to spend any more than that. And then I would round it out with a Panasonic uh, 9000 UHD player, and those are, I think, about $900. Uh, and that would clock me in for the total at about $120,000 and six hundred. 64. So. Nice. I really appreciate you embracing the full uh, un <laughs> unlimited budget, John. If it you were, fun. if you were to do it uh, about how, if you had the money, you, you, you would buy each of those things individually, or do you think you'd um, better sense would prevail or be better budget would prevail over it? Well, um, wife would prevail. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, I'd have already done it, Sam. <laughs> yeah, I know. We, I, I mean, we have members that, you know, can, can and do spend that kind of money on things. And it would be tough for me to put $125,000 into anything. And that's from the guy that just bought an $80,000 truck. So, yeah. Yeah. Over time, though, you know, I, 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 I actually, I wish I had bought some of these things um, initially uh, instead of going through all the iterations that cost me so much yeah. money as I was kind of, you know, learning. Yep. But but yeah, I would. I don't think I'd ever spend the money on the Trenov. That's just more than I want to spend. Gotcha. And I'm happy with the speakers I have. I don't think I need to spend fifty five thousand on speakers either. All right, John Rice. I'm going to let you take us home, which means I'm going to jump in with mine now. And I think uh, my vision of the um, the the unlimited is kind of a bang for buck unlimited, and so. My budget turns out to have been a quarter of what uh, what John uh, Phillips came up with, but I could go up to half if I got all my upgrades. So the way I budget, the way I punched it out was for an LG G three eighty three inch, uh, which if we're looking at what twenty twenty two prices were for the G two eighty three inch, is somewhere around six grand. And so you could certainly go up to the 97 inch, which is 25 grand, uh, but that's going to be a G2. I paired that with on the sound side, a Denon 8500 receiver or its replacement. If you're in the market for a Denon 8500, they're getting a little long in the tooth, and you might hold off for another six, eight months to see what comes out. <clears throat> that's the next generation of that technology. Uh, but that's a. I think it's a 14-channel um, uh, receiver, and that's about as advanced as you can go without going to complete separates. But it, it's got the um, you know, the highest level of Odyssey. It will do... Um, I'm not sure if that model will do Duroc or not. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right. I'm sure somebody will correct me. 
pretty sure that's before Denon adopted Dirac, yeah, or so, however you pronounce it. Yeah, so so the next generation will almost assuredly have that in there. And I'm going to pair that with uh, two times the Paradigm Founder 100 mains, and I have the Paradigm Signatures, which are about a quarter of the price of those. I'm going to pair that with four Paradigm Founder 40Bs uh, for the, the rears and surrounds. I'm going to add a Paradigm Founder 90C center. And for the ceiling, I probably would have gone with Kef, but the 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 ones that I had recommended to me at, at this kind of budget were the Bose Virtually Invisible 791 speakers. And uh, you can poo-poo Bose all you want, but they do make some good speakers uh, in the professional line. And, and uh, I, I believe that those would be very good. I couldn't even tell you what I've got in my own, um, my own theater, but I know they don't, they were not paradigms and, and they match up just fine. So I'm not really worried about timber, timbre matching uh, ceiling speakers uh, with the Atmos stuff, but you could probably spend tens of thousands of dollars trying to, to match that up. On the subwoofer front, I'm basically doubling what I've got now to go to a, a Sue Research, Research VTF-15H Mark II dual drive, which is uh, two 15-inch subs. Uh, I'm just for the hell of it going to throw in a Panasonic 820 UHD player. I'm going to keep my Apple TV. I'm going to have an Xbox Series X with Game Pass Unlimited and a PlayStation 5. And that rounds up to $28,689. And if I was going to go even higher, I too would pick out the JVC NZ9 for $26,000 and pair that with uh, the quote that I got for my own theater for a Stuart wall screen 130-inch, which came at $4,100 installed. So that would be another $30,000 on top of that. And I'd probably keep the G2 and just put the screen uh, screen on a drop down in front of it. So that's everything I've got. What do you got first, John Rice? Well, I guess I my idea of unlimited was a little different. Oh, that's what I'll start that's, out. I was can we have a drum roll before John Rice? Starts? Oh, let's see. Uh, how about this? Hang on, hang on one second. Hang on, let me cue this up for us. Are you ready? All right. No, no. How about this? No. You son of Cricket. a bitch. There we go. <laughs> Take all us right, home, well, John. I, I'm not, you know, you guys probably all know that I'm I'm not really clued in all that much to displays and monitors. So I just looked up what's the biggest OLED. And so at $25,000, I have an option of either a 97, you already mentioned it, 97 the um, LG 97 inch G2 or an 88 inch Z2 8K, I would go with the I would go with the 97 because I don't foresee ever in the foreseeable future needing needing 8K me um, since I don't do gaming. Um, so, but the idea of you know a hundred inch OLED TV to me sounds pretty spectacular concur so audio i'm going to start with uh this is actually something <laughs> the anthem avm 90 um surround preamp 
which is something I would buy because it's something I plan on buying once I can, you know, swallow the idea of the, the $7,500 for it. Um, I'm going to work around a little bit here. Subwoofers, the Seton audio, Seton sound submersive HP plus, which is, uh, I think it's 15 inch dual opposing, um, drivers, you know, with the, the drivers on opposing sides and it has a, they have a neat feature where you can, uh, that it has such a massive amp in it that can drive such low impedance that you can get a, another passive one. And so you basically have two subwoofers. There are four drivers, um, that are all powered by the amp in one of them in the, in the powered amp. Does that make sense? <laughs> so yes, I get two yeah. pairs of those. Yes. Yeah, so, get... so, so you got one power cord going to two subs. Yeah. There's a power cord and a, and a signal going into one sub and it's amp. And then it's amp has a cable that will connect to a, an unpowered duplicate amp. So the, the amplifier in the one sub powers both subs. So I get two of those pairs because I'm I am thanks to Dave Upton, I am completely sold on on dual subs. Yeah, you guys mentioned the the SVS SB sixteen Ultra, which I've had a pair of those for about a year and a half, and it is it is heaven. Um so anyway, those let's see, those are that's six, seven, eight, nine, almost 9,400, 9,300 for two pairs of those amps. Like I said, the LG is 25,000. The, the Anthem preamp is 7,500. And then my priority is always music. I want just like the greatest music playback. And, and you did say this was unlimited. And if I won the lottery and bought a house to go with it, I absolutely would buy these speakers. And okay. that is, I'm going to base it in the left and right with a pair of Focal Grand Utopias, which are a cool 140000 And yes, folks, that is each. Are those the ones that look like a Nautilus or am I thinking of something else? No, they're... I don't know if you if you know Wilson audio. They're, they look like big Wilsons. Um... It's a f- enormous, about seven foot tall, four way speaker. Oh, I think I did see that at a New York speaker show once. Yeah, those are those are pretty heavy duty. And so, yeah, so that's so I just those speakers I blew y'all out of the water. That's two hundred eighty thousand just for those two speakers. Um, and then to finish the surround, I'm going with the they they have uh, the Focal Viva Utopia which is a speaker that can be or the uh the mid-range and it's a three-way speaker and the mid-range and tweeter section is rotates so that you can orient them horizontally for a center or vertically for surrounds and um i'm actually gonna get again i'm just doing a 7.1 setup um i'm actually gonna get two of them in the center and orient them vertically above and below the the TV to create an image 
of a center that comes from the center of the TV. I love it, John. If that makes sense. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I get it. It's such a big TV. I don't want a speaker just, <laughs> you know, I don't want the sound coming from above it or below it. Right. Right. Sure. So this would create the illusion of it, the the center coming from the center of the TV. And so there's six, four surrounds and two centers. And so that's a whopping 108,000 for those six speakers. And yeah, I swear, if I won the lottery, I have been hope, hopelessly single for 20 years now, which, so I, I get the system I want. Right. You don't have to ask for permission, right? Right, right. Yep. You know, on on a player, well, obvious. I didn't even put it in here, but I just by default, I'd get a, an Apple 4K TV, <laughs> Apple TV 4K. Um, for a disc player, I would probably go with the Revon X200, which is a you know a high end um, 4K player. It um, plays SACD, just a good. It's sort of uh, the one of the heirs to the to the top of the line oppos that aren't around anymore. Um, let's see, what do we have? Okay, I did the subs, and I'm gonna I'm gonna show my love for Emotiva amps, um, even though I've got these almost almost four hundred thousand dollars in speakers. I'm gonna. I'm going to get the amps that I have, which is I'll get a, a pair of the Emotiva XPA DR1 monoblock for the for the Grand Utopias. Those are 1500 each. And those will those will pump about 1000 watts into each speaker. And then for the center and the surrounds, three of the Emotiva XPA DR2, which is just the uh, the two two-channel version of it and will give me plenty of plenty of power to all the speakers um, like i said i didn't i didn't think i i'm really not familiar enough with in-ceiling speakers so i didn't i just didn't venture into that but i would imagine if i was going to do that um the calf that john phillips wait was that was that you john no it was no it was me it was you okay yeah, the Kef's, um Kef is a solid company. I, I don't I don't know that Focal makes in ceiling speakers, um, but that's probably where I would just look for the best in ceiling speaker, and I'm sure those those Kef's would be would be great. Um, so anyway, that comes out to a, a cool four hundred forty thousand and change. All right, John, I do have a little bit of bad news for you though. Uh oh. You are still five point five million dollars away oh, from yeah. Jeremy Kipnis's six million dollar home theater. Well, but that's the whole <laughs> room, right? Yeah, sixteen that's amplifiers. And everything. No, I don't. I don't. I don't know how much it is, but uh, we haven't spoken to Jeremy in a long time. I hope he's doing well. Uh, if somebody does know him, uh, somebody listening to the show knows Jeremy. Send send a shout out to him for us. We uh, we had a good time talking to him. And I would wonder, I, I wonder how much his system would change today. But that's awesome, John. I, I appreciate you fully embracing uh, the vision of Unlimited. Um, I simply, you know, I, I don't have those champagne. It's not even champagne taste. It's 
the the experience to know what what to look for at the the high end. The one thing I will ask folks is, uh, are you buying Monster Cable to go with all of this? <laughs> Absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> what cable are you going to buy, John uh, Phillips? I am not a believer in magic cables. I yep. would just uh, get whatever Amazon has or nice. um, Blue Jean Cable and be happy. Yeah, Blue Jean or Monoprice, I'm I'm with you. John, John yeah, Rice, I'm, anything I'm probably, different? Yeah, I'm probably using Monoprice, you know, yep. just 12-gauge OFC. Awesome. Awesome. Take that mono, uh, take that monster cable. We'll have none of your foolishness around here. So I, I have a question for John Rice. Did did, did you mention a, a gaming device? Oh, I didn't bust his balls on that. Did yeah, I? because if not, <laughs> Sam's Sam's going to turn his nose up at it. That's right. I'm I'm afraid I'm not familiar <laughs> with that with that component. Well, I will I, I will bring mine over for the first weekend and let you borrow it, John. How about that? Uh, that's you can you can play it on the system all you want. Awesome, awesome, awesome. We're we're down for Call of Duty Week One. Awesome. Well, thank you all four of you gentlemen. You brought very very different perspectives, and yet we we came together on a lot of things too. So I I think anybody listening to this will have their own opinions, and this is where we throw it out to the listeners. You know, we, we had a few folks that we invited to, to take this challenge to begin with, and now it goes out to the greater world. So if you're a Home Theater Forum member, a Home Theater United listener, or somebody who hears about it third hand, uh, please come to the thread and tell us what you would uh, do differently. We'll put all of our builds up there so that you can see the links that we've put together and the prices and tell us why we're wrong or where you agree with us, and uh, we'll go from there. Anybody have any last thoughts on uh, the challenge before we uh, kick it over to GBU? Yeah, I'd, I'd just quickly say um, this exercise was interesting to me because it just it really illustrates how much value there is out there in the market compared to when I started. I mean, you can you really can put to, when you when when you put it out there at a thousand dollars. I thought it was impossible, but you can really do it. And if you spend 5000 you can get yourself a very nice system. And it certainly didn't used to be that way years ago. No, and I what? when I first Sorry. started looking at, at a 40-inch TV was $6,500. Look at that compared to the value that each one of us brought to that $5,000 challenge. I would take it, any one of those systems over just that panel 10 years ago. Yeah, it is amazing what you can get in a TV now for, you know, five or $600. Yeah, and look at all the media and games and music that we have at our fingertips. It's it's truly, truly riches. Anybody else have anything? Yeah. Either uh, either Todd's? Yes, yeah, Sam. I mean, when I first did the $1,000, you saw what I picked. It was very, very basic. It was a sound bar and a TV and a disc player. Um, but then I rethought it this morning and was very surprised at what I was able to find. And got an actual real 5.1 system, actually a 7.1 minus the two speakers, um, you know, using it in a 5.1 uh, configuration, um, and kept it under under well under a thousand dollars. So um, I was always really surprised at that. Um, I think what's also interesting is the, is what brands we did not hear tonight. Oh, like what? 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 When were you expecting to hear? I, I was I, I was expecting somebody to throw in a Samsung TV. Hmm, that is interesting, right? I know a lot of the YouTubers that like the the FOMOs and KG; those guys are all over the Samsungs. 
but I can't get behind them because they simply don't do um, Dolby Vision on a lot of their stuff. And to those guys, it's almost a positive that they don't. So I, I, I hadn't thought about it, Todd, but you're absolutely right. Yeah, I mean, I, I've been reviewing a lot of discs lately, and I don't think I came across a single disc that had HDR10 Plus on it. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, I've, I've got uh, my in my house, I have nothing but Samsung, so I'm a big fan of theirs, mm -hmm. but they're not the cheapest. So that's why I didn't include them in my mm -hmm. uh, lower price systems. And then uh, once I got up to the uh, $5,000 range, I, you know, I wanted a projector. But otherwise, I would have mentioned Samsung. Oh, that's a, that's a great perspective, John. Thank you. Well, it is right now it is for bang for the buck. It, at this moment, it's really hard to beat TCL and Vizio, not as much as a couple of years ago, but still including Vizio. I mean, you just get a lot for your money from them. Well, it, what's crazy to me is how Vizio and Oppo, to a certain extent, have, have sabotaged themselves, right? They, they've just made decisions to go away from their core value, and I, I don't get that at all. So. Uh, great, great perspectives. How about you, uh, Todd Rice? I, I know this uh, $5,000 challenge came closest probably to what you've got in your own, and I certainly wouldn't want to try to list out what, what my budget was for any of my theaters because, uh, you know, it, it, it really wasn't um, designed to hit particular price marks, just what I wanted at the time. So, how how does that match up to what you went through? Uh, yeah, you know, I think the thing that surprised me on this exercise was even at the top end, uh, I, I was surprised that not all of you went with some kind of projection system. I was I was especially surprised with you, Sam, when you said you'd have a uh, a, a television monitor on the wall. That kind of surprised me. Yeah, and I, I think uh, this this time of the year is a good time to find bargains, right? You have Super Bowl sales. And in President's Day sales, so I, I think there was a, a good opportunity for all of us to find a great deal of savings on on some of the equipment. Yeah, it's a dual-edged sword, right? It's uh, the the best prices of the year of last year's models and the worst prices of the year of the 2023s. So, um, you know, pick your poison. Do you want the latest and greatest, or you want the best value? And uh, honestly, the C2s are just such great TVs and. I know all the Samsungs and the Sonys from 2022 were were terrific as well. So, I mean, you can pick your price point and pick an amazing set and have something that you can be proud of for years. So that's cool. Awesome. Thank you all very much. That leads us to our little game. Um, so I'll, uh, once again, throw it out to the, to the listeners and readers. Please tell us what you do differently. And we turn our attention to the good, the bad, and the ugly. We have our biggest game ever here. We've got five different players. Uh, so who wants to go first tonight? Don't all jump at once. I'll, I'll go, go first. Oh, no, go ahead. Go ahead, Todd Irwin. <laughs> okay. So I've got Empire of Light. And I'm going to pull up. This, this is about the George Lucas uh, history. Is that right? Steven Spielberg. No, no I'm gonna I'm gonna read no, the that, description. That's the on, I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna read the uh, description from HBO. Okay. Go for it. Because uh, that's kind of what got me interested in in, in seeing it. Uh, Writer director Sam Mendes 
poignant love letter to the movies centers on the bond between employees of an old cinema in an English seaside town in the early 1980s. Mm. Starring Olivia Coleman, Michael Ward, Tom Brooke, Tony Moody, Hannah Onslow, Crystal Clark, with Colin Firth and Toby Jones. And I'll throw in cinematography by Roger Deakins. Ooh. So, all right. Uh, I, given Roger Deakins, I'm going to go last. What do you think, Todd uh, Todd Rice? Uh, I think it, because it involves the theme of cinema, I think Todd Irwin is going to say he liked it. It was good. All right. John Rice? You know, it's difficult. I, I haven't seen it, but it's difficult for me to believe that Sam Mendes would make a movie that wasn't at least pretty darn good. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to say good. All right. John Phillips. Yeah. I'm thinking along the same lines. Uh, I don't really know Todd, but from what I've heard here, um, this sounds like a, a more of a cerebral thought provoking type of film. So I, I think he enjoyed it. Okay. I'm going to echo all that. I'm going to say, if Sam Mendes and Roger Deakins combine to do anything less than good, uh, that's the first sign of that the seals of the apocalypse have been broken. Uh, Todd, before you tell us the answer, uh, have you seen um, Cinema Paradiso? It's one of those films I've always meant to see. Yeah, me too. Oh, you've got to be kidding. Yeah, I know. We're, we're two embarrassments here, John. Neither one of us have seen it. It's a classic, and... It sounds like it's something in the same genre here to me, so maybe I'll make it a doubleheader. But go ahead and tell us, Todd. Good, bad, or ugly? Uh, bad. No! I was afraid of that. Oh, no. Why is it so bad? Um, well, I'll go, I'll tell you the good stuff. Roger Deakins, beautiful looking film. Yep. Okay, and he, he, he deserved the Oscar nomination for mm -hmm. this film, uh, which he did get. Um, and the performances are, are outstanding. Okay. The problem, the real problem with the movie is that um, the magic of the cinema is almost completely missing from the film. Ooh. In what way? The, the, the plot? It's just the... not there. Yeah. I mean, you could easily um, transplant this entire storyline into any workplace situation. Hmm. So it's the it office. It just so happens to take place in a movie. <laughs> it's the there, office and of movie only, making. There's only two scenes in the movie, really, that that really show the magic of the movies. Mm. And one is uh, a scene in the projection booth with um, Toby Jones, who plays the projectionist, and he's showing the new kid um, um, how the projectors work and how movies work. The only problem is when he explains how movies work, it's almost verbatim to the speech that um, is said at the beginning of the Fablemans. Oh, and I haven't seen that yet either. So that well, I'm going to see that, that with my folks next weekend. Sorry, Sam. I, that's right out of that is right out of Cinema Paradiso. So it'd be interesting to see the difference in how those play because that is a major um, factor in in Cinema Paradiso. Mm, and. I'd be interested to see your take on the the projection scenes from Pearl too, which is not a great movie, but it it does show its love for film in 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 those scenes. Have either of you seen that, or any of you? I've seen X, but I haven't seen Pearl. Yeah, I, I I'm not a fan of either of them. 
I, I keep hoping that they're going to somehow turn turn to my taste, but neither of them have been. All right. Uh, who's up next? I'll go. Go for uh, it. Just um, So my pick is uh, Elvis. The Ooh. recent semi-biopic of Elvis in uh, his relationship between Colonel Tom Parker. Okay. And the, the fall and, and rise of of a what 50s 60s early 70s superstar uh, rock person yep i've seen it so i'll go last todd Irwin, have you seen it you have uh think whether todd rice might have liked it or not i, I reviewed it <laughs> and did you give it a positive review no no okay john rice well you know baz lerman is one of those love hate things mm-hmm. um I, I have seen it um, I'm not quite, I sort of enjoyed it because I realize it's, it's not a biopic, you know, maybe it, it makes me think of, well, anyway, you know, like blonde or something. It's yeah. not as, not as unhinged as blonde, but I'm going to guess he probably didn't like it. At least a bad or an ugly. All right. Swing vote, uh, John Phillips. Yeah, in this case, I, I think um, I, I would be the swing vote because I, I have not seen the film, but I've heard um, a lot of chatter about it, and it's all been positive. Um, I am almost certain I will enjoy it um, because I'm just interested in the history. And kind of like uh, John Rice alluded, I'm, I'm forgiving of, of – uh, it doesn't have to be – absolutely on point as long as it doesn't represent itself as being a, a you know a documentary I, I expect that so that's the way i would look at it so i i would think he enjoyed it as well hmm. i i did see it and i had mixed feelings on it i thought that believe it or not that uh tom was the uh, uh the the weakest part of it I, I didn't like his performance i thought it was a little bit saccharine and uh a little bit too heavy on the uh, the the diction and the the take on the 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 voicing and and the being slimy and all that. I absolutely loved the performances within it, and I thought that it looked like a million bucks on screen and on on an OLED with uh, HDR. It's got some of the best HDR. Uh, what's the word I'd even use for it? But just um, sparkles that come from things that are on top of the action, right? That there's, you know, just, uh, I think most of it's CGI, I think, but I thought it looked pretty good. I think as a movie, I'd call it like a B minus, but do I think that he thought it was good, bad, or ugly? I'm going to come down on good, and somebody else had something to add before we go to the verdict. The word you're thinking of, I think, is highlights, Sam. No, 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 no. It's not oh. even, no, it's not even the highlights. The I mean, HDR yeah. highlights are, are key to it. But there are um, just the general dynamics of yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Be- because it, it's it's those highlights in motion, if that makes sense. You know, things are kind of you know it's Vegas showy. You know, and I I think that it does that better than any other just general highlights in a movie ever. It's very visually dynamic. Yep. So it's Baz Luhrmann. Yeah. Yep. For sure. All right. Give us the verdict. So, so I was entertained by it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, I think I would have to say good, but, um, and, and the but is, 
it was just so glossy and so um you, you know it, it was what it was like three hours long yes. but there was so much more and 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 I, i'm of the age i'm 59 so you know when i was a kid elvis was a big deal yep. you'd watch all the movies you know on the three o'clock uh you know movie theater on on a local station and and this this kind of treated him like that right like like uh, Elvis is a mythical, yeah, larger myth- than mythical life. figure at, at this point, right? Yeah, almost like a superhero. Yeah, and I get that, right? Because even you know during the Vegas days, the guy wore a cape for gosh sake, yeah, you know, <laughs> and he did karate kicks and all that. But sure, I think uh, I think a more proper treatment of the Elvis story would be like on Netflix or Amazon Prime or Hulu, mm-hmm. a you know ten part series or several season series for each decade because just for, from what I remember as a kid seeing in like, you know, yeah. the newspapers and the national Enquirer that the, the craziness that surrounded him, you know, buying people cars or, or getting on the jet plane just to fly from Nashville to Colorado for a peanut butter sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the guy, the guy was a really complicated figure and as entertaining as I, as I found the movie, I still thought it, it was just, scratching the surface of a very complicated person and, and the relationship with a very, uh, you know, manipulative and controlling manager. Yep. And, but it's, it's not a story that, um, that goes away. Right. We see that today with some of the contemporary artists, how, you know, they, they make and make fortunes and other people hangers on take it. So I, I think it's such a complicated life story that it, it deserves a better treatment than what I got in this film. So, although I was entertained, I, I don't I don't know what the right category is, right? Maybe a little ugly. Mm. Uh, I, I thought, like I said, I enjoyed it, enjoyed the music, and learned some things that may or may not be true. You'd have to do some research, but, you know, and even back then, like, the artists, like, he would perform, like, two shows a day. Those guys back then, you know, the Tom Jones and all that, they do two shows a day, and then when I was doing some research, he had a, re- a mobile recording studio, so he's doing two shows a day and recording during the day. I mean, there's, it was so complicated a person that uh, I, I think it's difficult to do it justice in a two or three hour movie. Excellent. I think you, uh, you were just wishy-washy enough to not come down in any category to make it, uh, make yeah, it an I'm, easy call. I was entertained, but yeah. I, I just, um, I, I would recommend people see it. I wouldn't say yeah. don't see it, but then I would say follow up with some research because the, the true story is even uh, more bizarre than what you saw on the screen, I think. Excellent, excellent. Uh, so we got the Johns left and me. You guys want me to go first, or when do you want to jump in? Take your pick. All right, I'll okay. go. My, my choice was Licorice Pizza, Paul Thomas Anderson, um, and that's all I'm going to say about it. Who wants to jump in on the guess here? I'll go. I um, I think this is something... Sam would like. I saw it. Um, I th- I thought it was, I thought it was okay. Um, it's different, and I do like different. You know, I get a little tired of the smash 'em ups and and explosions. Uh, I I found it to be entertaining. I think Sam will say it was good. All right. Uh, I'll go. I'll go. I go guess. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I mean, I've known Sam for what 20 years i mean yep. interacted with him 
I'm just not sure PT Anderson is is your cup of tea. Mm. Um, so I'm gonna I'm 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 gonna say probably bad but not ugly. Okay, John Phillips. I am flying blind here because I have never heard of this film, but based on the title alone and what I think I know about you, Sam, I'm gonna say you you uh, you enjoyed it. Okay, have you seen any other Paul Thomas Anderson movies? No. Okay. Not not to my knowledge. Okay. Todd Irwin? I'm going to say you liked it, but I did not. Okay. All right, you ready for the real answer? Definitely bad. Um, there were elements that I liked, but I did not like either character. Uh, I found nothing to root for in either of them, which I guess is kind of the point. Um I do like Paul Thomas Anderson movies, um, and I gotta say, I, you know, overall he comes up with things that make you think, and there were nothing, there was nothing within this movie that I found that I could could cling to, despite being in the target audience for the era of nostalgia that he's evoking. Um, there was another recent movie with. Um, Oh, what the hell? I, I just had it on the tip of my tongue. Um, that was the, the, the same general age, and I had similar complaints. Um, but nostalgia is a hell of a drug, right? And if your audience isn't with you on what you found so magical about a particular age, it is very, very difficult to get them on your side. And um, was not impressed with the acting abilities of the leading lady, Miss Haim. Uh, I don't know much about her music or her family who also starred in this with her. Um, the, the, the lead um, actor was very good at being a slime ball, but I mean, that's all there was there. Right. Um, didn't, didn't find a whole lot to hang my head on my hat on to root for, to, to have hopes or, be even interested in how this was going to resolve itself. So kind of a bummer. I was looking forward to it. Uh, licorice pizza is, a, is another term for a vinyl uh, audio disc. Uh, there's a great soundtrack, but how that relates to this particular story kind of escapes me. That's all I got to say. All right. Uh, I, I, I totally agree with you, Sam. Okay, good. I'm, I'm glad I'm and, not on my own. I haven't read any of the reviews, by the way. I, I'm, I'm definitely going to research it tomorrow. You can look up mine. Okay, great. We'll do. <laughs> we'll, and we'll put but it licorice, in the show notes. Licorice Pizza, during the time that movie took place, was a, a chain of record stores. Also. I, that's that's right, right? It was like a Tower Records competitor? Uh, Yeah, more, and I think they got taken over by Sam Goody. Okay. And so also... Really dating ourselves there. Yeah, but also never referenced in the movie, right? I don't remember. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, John Phillips, I, I'm picking you because I know this movie and I don't know John Rice's, but you're always up with Beowulf. You want to say anything about it or just let us go at it blind? Oh, no, I'm not going to say anything until after you guys Okay. chime in. All right. Uh, let's go with uh, John Rice to start with. All right. Well, you know, I saw this when it I saw when it came out on video, which has been 15 years, I think, and I have it on I have it on Blu-ray. I've just never watched it. And believe it or not, I've actually read Beowulf. 
in um, in in the original Middle English? You know, I can't. I I think it was the original text. Yeah, it was. You know, one of those like honors English classes in yep. high school, and it is, it is a wild story. Um, I. I, I remember some things I liked about it a lot, um, but then I never watched it again. Um, and I, th- I'm gonna guess what I know of John that he, he was less than thrilled with it, but probably didn't hate it. Okay, so you're gonna go with bad but not ugly. Yeah, I'd say so. Okay, Todd Irwin. Um, this is the Robert Zemeckis one, right? Yeah, the anime, right? Animated. Yeah. Or performance capture one. Um, I'm going to say bad. Okay. We'll leave it at that. Todd Rice? Uh, so far, I'm 0 for 2. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so my inclination is, because he brought up an older film, he's going to like it. But I'm going to go against my instinct and say ugly. I, too, am going to say ugly. Uh, I, too, read this in middle school. Uh, I love the story. I love the 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 way that it's written and the rhyme and meter of it. I recently purchased the Tolkien translation of Beowulf. I have not cracked it open. It's still sealed. Uh, but I remember not liking this interpretation of the of the story at all, and was completely off put by the animation and motion capture, as Todd points out. So tell us, Mister. John Phillips, good, bad, or ugly? Well, it's it's exactly uh, as John Rice said. I had this sitting in my uh, collection for years, and then I just was thumbing through it, and I was like, you know what? I, I paid for it. Let me go ahead and watch this. And um, my first impressions were the animation or whatever you call it was really weird. It threw me off. Um, and the story wasn't really – it didn't really grab me. But I watched it in 3D, and that that element did make it um, entertaining. Ooh, plot twist. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And uh, I, I love pretty much anything Anthony Hopkins does, and Robin Wright Penn did a great job. Again, the animation kind of took away from that, so uh, I, I, I can't say I loved it. But I wouldn't go as far as to say it was bad either. It was it was just kind of like you know if you pull something out of your collection that you weren't expecting anything from, and it entertains you, then you're you know you're kind of ahead of the game. So I, I would I would give it a uh, not not to dodge the you know the, the the categories we've identified here, but I would give it a I don't know a B minus. I would say it was it was bad but not ugly. Outstanding. All right. I, I just want to toss in, I vaguely recall really being intrigued by somehow how they handled Grendel. And I, I, I can't remember what it was. I just thought that was, I just remember thinking, well, that was cool. That was an interesting interpretation of Grendel. If I remember right, they make him kind of sympathetic, right? He's a bit of a troll. I, yeah, I, it's just been so long, I can't remember specifically what it was. Yeah, he's sympathetic when he when he interacts with his mother, um, but that's the only time, or or when he's losing, you know, <laughs> in a battle. Yeah, I mean, every villain's the hero of their own story, right? All right. Well, that leaves us, Mr. John Rice, with the Fallout, something I've never heard of. Yeah, the Fallout. This was well, this movie 
technically is a 2021 release, but the, I looked it up and the only, the only place it was seen, I think in 2021 was uh, at South by Southwest. So it's really a 2020, I mean, it's uh, it was premiere. It's now that's I think it's the only time it played in the theater. It it premiered on HBO Max um, early in 2022, and so it's it's a story that revolves peripherally peripherally around a school shooting, and it's not really about the shooting, but about the impact on, in particular, three students who. Um, under normal circumstances would probably never exchange a word with each other throughout their entire, entire high school career and just how this bring that brings them together and um, the fallout, the impact on them, because it's, it's really about the, the fallout, the, uh, the aftermath of this shooting on these, on these three teenagers. Okay, Todd Rice, you probably know the least about John Rice's uh, likes and dislikes here. Why don't you guess first? Yeah, so I'm 0 for 3 now. Let's <laughs> see if I can bat 1,000. Um, I think he's going to say good. It sounds artsy to me, and John's, from what I've picked up, you know what he's going to be putting in this uh, No Limits home theater. I think he... Probably found it to be a good movie. Okay, Todd Rice. Did you mean Todd Irwin? I'm sorry, Todd <laughs> Irwin. Too many, too many Rices, too many Johns, too many Todds. Todd Irwin. Okay. I'm going to say he liked it. Um, and by the way, I, I did look this up earlier today, and, and uh, the actress who plays Wednesday Adams is in this. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, John she was Phillips. also an ex. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, John Phillips? I think that this movie, it sounds like it deals with relationships and, uh, you know, it does deal with tragedy, but it deals with relationships. And I think based on what I know about John, he probably, um, I don't, he didn't really talk about the, um, technical aspects of the film, but as far as the story, I think John probably enjoyed it. Okay. And I'll close this out. I can't imagine that John thought this was anything but good. Uh, I didn't recognize the name, and I didn't look it up, but based on John's uh, description, I do remember this coming out, and I do remember there being some buzz about it, that it was um, kind of cathartic, kind of um, combative, and uh, an interesting take on uh, this issue that's only gotten worse in our country. So take it away, John. Good, bad, or ugly? Well... I'm going to confess when I get the opportunity to come on this podcast, I'm not going to waste my time with a movie. I don't like this was my fate. This was my favorite movie of the year. Oh, excellent. That's great. But, but, and, na but now, we, now we've got you pegged for the, the next time. So you're going to have to take a left turn. Well, yeah, maybe I'll fake you out, but yeah, it does. The stars, Jenna Ortega. This was the first time I'd seen her or anything. Um, I haven't I, I I haven't seen Wednesday. I did subsequently see X and I based on this, I just my my takeaway was she is the real deal. Seriously. Um some of the other stars, Maddie Ziegler, who's not very well known, she had a very small part in uh 
I think she had one line, but she danced in uh, Steven Spielberg's uh, West Side Story. Um, Niles Fitch, who's pretty much just mainly known as the teenage um, Randall in the TV show um, This Is Us, um, has Julie Bowen, Shailene Woodley in a very small in a very small role. John Ortiz, who's one of those people you don't know his name, but just see him and you're like, oh yeah, that guy. It's, I think it's exceptionally well written. I read some criticisms on the on about the four comments that <laughs> there are on home theater forum of it, which shows how widely viewed it is. And I think their misunderstanding. Um, I really was impressed with the dynamics of how different people react, especially what I found particular. One of the things I found particularly interesting was two of the sets of parents, you know, the one set of parents who are wanting so much for their daughter to overcome this and recover that they're very realistic that they're actually impeding her by being excessively positive and kind of not letting her progress in her way. Mm. And then there's another set of parents who are just completely absent. And there, there was a comment that, well, any parent, no parent would do that. It's like, yeah, except the ones who do. And um, because not all parents care about their kids. Um, yeah, and everybody processing processes processes things differently, whether it happens to them or somebody that they love, and knowing how to support somebody in that is not something we're taught, right? Right, right. And a detail I I found especially intriguing is the one character who is undeniably the most traumat who lost who was harmed the most through this um, is the one who is most able to um, recover from it. And I also want to point out, I was really appreciated that this is such a political thing and it could have gotten, you know, it could have gone highly political and it doesn't even slightly. Oh, that's great. Because that's not what it's about. Yeah. That's exactly where I thought you were going to say is that, you know, that you know, there was, you know, let, left-leaning liberal and right, you know, right um, takes on this. And I'm happy to hear that's not the case. There is none of that. And it has one of the most impressive final scenes I've ever seen in a movie. Well, that's high praise, John. And it's still on HBO Max or how did, how did you see it? Or how Yeah, did you I think it? it's still on HBO Max. I liked it so much. It was on sale on, on iTunes a while back and I bought it. They're just figuring I'd knowing I'd have it and probably get a better, um, you know, better, get a better image because I'm not sure. I'm not sure it's even available on disc, you know, modern days. Sure. Yeah. Well, that again, that's high praise. And I'm really happy you found something to dig into and I, I will definitely check it out. All right. It, it's definitely one of those slow burn, completely dialogue driven movies. I mean, we, we, we eat those up too, as much as we do shit blows up good movies. <laughs> All right. Well, with that said, uh, we're going to take us out of here. Anybody have anything they want to promote or point folks to particularly you Todd Irwin, anything you've reviewed lately 
you want folks to see on the forum? Uh, check out my review of the Fablemans. And if you're listening to this the day that this was recorded, today is the last day you can enter to win a free digital copy of the Fablemans. That was okay. that would be February 20th. It's the last day you can enter for that. All right, Fablemans, good, bad, or ugly? Oh, good. Oh, good. Okay. I, great, I, actually. I, great. I'm going to see it next weekend with my parents. So we're looking forward to it. Awesome. Uh, John or John, anything final to say? I'm good. Okay. JVC and Sony, stop charging extra for your 3D <laughs> emitters. I, I concur. And <laughs> and bring 3D back so that I, I stop being the villain on Home Theater Forum telling people it's not coming back. <laughs> it's well, not coming back. It's not coming back. <laughs> Todd Rice, final word. Uh, thanks for having me on, on again, Sam. I had a great time and I learned a lot from awesome. the, the other three guys here. Thank, thank you so much for giving us the idea. You guys are always welcome back on the show when you have something interesting to bring to us. Uh, I've been looking forward to doing this show for two months. We have a, at least one more super cool, different take on the industry lined up coming soon. Hint, hint, can't tell you any more than that. But look forward to more Home Theater United shows coming up soon. And uh, we'll talk to you guys, all of you guys again, I'm sure of it. So thank you all very much. Have a good night. Happy President's Day. And talk to you next time. All right. Thank you.